1: yeah it's what we say so that's right and because all we do is give every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast Idiot of the Week we round up the stupid because you know what somebody has to okay all we do is give
2: you voted I did you
3: protested again you postcarded So many Sundays. You posted on social media. Got some likes. And you're still reeling from all the terrible news. Yeah, but what else can I do? I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And we're going to help you figure that out. Each week, we'll interview people on the front lines of political action about the things they actually did to take action. What got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they'd do differently if they had it to do all over again. And in the process, we'll give you concrete advice about how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. Follow What Can I Do wherever you listen to podcasts, or tune in on whatcanidopodcast.com.
1: Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? Oh, and they're insanely comfortable and machine washable. Go get yourself a pair today with free shipping at rothys.com using promo code AG. And thanks to Brewmate for supporting Muller, she wrote. Brewmate wants to create the perfect drinking experience to keep every sip of your drink refreshing. Brewmate is giving our listeners a special discount of 15% off your first order when you go to www.brewmate.com and use code AG. And finally, this episode is brought to you by the MSW Book Club. Join Jordan, Jalisa and I as we review several books connected to Trump Russia in episodes once available only to premium subscribers. Just search for the MSW Book Club wherever you get your podcasts or head to mswbookclub.com for more information.
2: This is Sarah Kenzier from Gaslit Nation and you're listening to Mueller She Wrote.
1: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me as always is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. We are recording in studio here in L.A. at Starburns. It's been an amazing week, you guys. Uh, months ago, we scheduled a live show at Largo, and it just so happened to be the day that the redacted Mueller report dropped. So, um, But, you know, we are deep state, and we were able to coordinate that, so <laughs> the Department of Justice was on our side. But we had an amazing time at Largo, and we really want to thank everybody for that. We'll have some clips from that show uh, in lieu of the interview today. Later in this show. So stick around for that. And this week we were on the Happy Hour podcast with Steph Miller. So that was a really good time. She's
0: amazing. So yeah.
1: funny. Holy shit. She's pretty awesome. And uh, we did an appearance on KPCC and the LAist up here. And, you know, we love public radio, we support public radio. Uh, I was on Yahoo News right after the bullshit bar presser. Came yeah, out.
0: great interview, by the way.
5: It was great. I love how they, like we didn't know that you were getting interviewed by more than one person. So they just <laughs> it was like one guy in the beginning, and then like another person pops up on screen, all with entirely different
1: backgrounds. It's yeah. like what is happening right yeah. now? Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. But uh, watching that press conference, I got up at like six in the morning to get ready for it. What was up with Rosenstein's face during that press conference? Yeah,
0: he was like a robot for that sure. Was-
1: so weird. I think he was just trying to poker face the whole thing. You know,
5: he. You know, what he looks like he looks like that creepy boy wooden toy doll that's just sitting there haunting. Definitely, it, you know. Yeah, or there's or like the, a movie about that or something. Like the a robot that wants it's to like kill a,
0: humans too. Like I thought about that. I think too. this
5: one is wooden. It's an old manual demon. <laughs>
1: yeah. a ma- oh, so not Chucky. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Someone
0: made a meme where it's like uh, when the edibles kick in or yeah. <laughs> when it's Thursday but you think it's Friday like. <laughs>
1: I hate when that happens. Yeah, yeah. But it's more Wednesday and Thursday, not Thursday and Friday. True, true. Um, And also lots of folks have been asking who the beardy guy was, stage right, um, during the press conference. And we've talked about that guy, like, in five different episodes. Here's one from May 2018 in the episode called Paul Manafort's Future. Let's listen to that clip. Rod Rosenstein appointed an assistant on the Russia probe named O'Callaghan. Uh, which just reminds me of like Dennis Leary's Irish drinking songs. Um, <laughs> his title is the Acting Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General. Okay, <laughs> so, Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General—that's like the uh, Assistant Number Two President Undersecretary to the Assistant of the Special Second l- Twice Removed Assistant <laughs> yeah. Deputy of the Guy. And yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> So it's yeah, principal associate deputy attorney general, P A D A G, PADAG or oh. PADAG. They call him the PADAG. Mm. He's basically the deputy attorney general's right hand, mm-hmm. and he replaces a guy named Robert Her, Her that's Her, <laughs> who was moved over to be the U.S. Attorney of Maryland. So mm-hmm. yeah, that happened. Yeah. I'm not really, I don't really know how much that makes a difference, but it happened. So I wanted to tell you. So that's who that was. That's the PADAG, and it. It's it's very telling also that Mueller wasn't there because always, usually when you have these kind of agey press conferences, they, you have the prosecutors there and they all get up and sort of say the same thing over and over again and support each other. But I wonder if he was asked and maybe refused to participate in the bullshit. Um, and maybe that's why Rosenstein was just sitting over there like... Mm, this is terrible. <laughs> Satan is good. Except, yeah,
5: except <laughs> Satan is good, exactly. Because mm-hmm. he had like a little smirk on his face, it seemed. That's kind true.
0: Of. At a certain point, yeah, he laughed at one of the the questions from a reporter, actually. Yeah. A little bit,
1: yeah. He did fix his glasses and twitch his nose, kind of like a, a high sign. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Mueller wasn't there, not this time. So just thought that was a really odd press conference. But today, we're here recording at Starburn Studio, uh, working on the Daily Beans uh, with some of the best writers in the business. We have... No idea if we've won the Webby, but voting is closed. And thank you all so much for your support. They'll announce the winners Tuesday. Yeah. Two days from the release of this episode. I'm excited. Yeah, thank you guys so much. So we have a great show lined up for you. Alexander Downer is back in the news, and Jordan's going to cover that for us. Uh, Jaleesa, you have a story about some squid pro-crow involving a Russian aluminum company. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are, of course, going to hit the hot notes of the Mueller report. And in lieu of an interview, as I said earlier, we're going to play some of the clips from our live show with Elizabeth McLaughlin and Jack Bryan that we did at Largo.
0: Yeah, so fun.
1: Yeah, what a great couple of guests and just what a great crowd. Uh, We also want to tell you we're going to do a full annotated review of the Mueller Report in a series uh, that will be released widely. Patrons will get those episodes ad-free and early, so become a patron at patreon.com slash wrote. When you sign up to become a patron, you are automatically also going to be a patron of the Daily Beans. And that's our new daily news podcast coming out soon. But before we get into this week's news, let's take a look at corrections.
4: It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry.
1: Shut the fuck up! Okay, so in a daily update this week, I had said that in camera meant in the courthouse because it comes from the Latin word for roof or house, but it actually means in chambers, alone, which is where all. Justice porn should be viewed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like some dominatrix stuff right there.
1: (laughs) And we'll get into why I was talking about that uh, a little bit later in the show in in Just the Facts. There's a whole story that goes with it and it's a pretty cool story. Uh, Then we want to be clear. We love USC, guys. Go Trojans. In a daily episode, we were discussing the uh, Aunt Becky College bribery case and I had said... uh, $500,000? 500000 Like $500,000 for USC. <laughs> now, of course, it's an amazing school. We just didn't think it was worth $500,000. Oh, it's
0: definitely not worth $500,000.
1: But if you've seen that kid's Instagram, you could see why it costs so much. She's be- like an
0: Instagram influencer, right? To, That's her true calling.
1: Yeah, <laughs> whatever.
0: Just, yeah. Why even force her to go to college? Really? Yeah.
1: Keep your Instagram job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe they ask you to
5: provide a certain percentage of your net worth. <laughs> and that's maybe. what $500,000 was
1: yeah maybe but then you, wouldn't you be like dude really 500000 like have you heard your daughter speak mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: don't quit your Instagram job yeah
1: don't quit your Insta-, <laughs> Insta job did you see I'm so
5: sorry did you see that video of that person who's a YouTube influencer and her account got deleted or something and so she filmed herself crying and she's like I'm not meant for a 9 to 5 job t-
0: I t- can't yeah. do that, it. that hits home though that does resonate yeah, with that me yeah that would
1: suck Yeah, okay. I'm a crier alright tiny violins <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We also did a story recently about an Asian-American gala at the Trump inaugural, tied to Cindy Yang, of course, that raised a ton of money that just disappeared. And one of the major donors was the Saipan Casino. And I had pronounced it Saipan, uh, and someone wanted to let me know it's Saipan. Uh, So it's Leviosa. Mm. Um, And calm down, everybody. But (laughs) thank you. Now I know. And when we were discussing Biden's touchy feeliness we couldn't remember if Biden had voted for Clarence Thomas or not. He actually did not vote for him for his confirmation. Uh, but I think the focus of that conversation specifically wasn't so much his actual vote, but his regretful statements during the Anita Hill hearings. Right. Do you remember what he said? Just a whole bunch of...
5: Hoopla! Like, look, sometimes
1: you get close, yeah. you know.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, a close. I didn't even put here. it all together until sometimes just now. Sometimes you
1: sniff people's hair. Sometimes no. you put pubic hairs on their coke. It's just fine. I yeah. don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, but oh it wasn't. Oh my god! Uh, I was gonna
5: say he did that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we that can would review be it during a different episode. But um, I, I just wanted to kind of make clear that I wasn't. I, yeah. We totally. weren't speaking about his confirmation vote. More of just his, his, his shitty statements. Yeah,
0: we can do a bad lip reading for that sometime.
1: That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and then the computer, besides Alpha Bank, that was pinging Trump Tower in early 2015, wasn't a pharmaceutical company associated with Betsy DeVos. It was Spectrum Health, which is a large healthcare network in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that received huge donations from the DeVos family. And it turns out um, Betsy DeVos, who's you know er- Eric Prince's sister, of course, mm-hmm. and our feckless education secretary, <laughs> is uh, married, and her husband is the chairman of the board of Spectrum Health. So they're donors, chairman of the board, and that was another. Server that was pinging Trump Tower along with Alpha Bank in early 2015. Weird. And uh, finally, during a daily update for patrons, we were discussing how Buttigieg doesn't have a podcast yet. And Jalisa, you mentioned Hillary Clinton could have used a podcast during that 2016 <laughs> campaign, and as it turns out, she had one.
0: Yeah, I guess it just wasn't popular enough. Maybe podcasts were just harder for people to like get into at the time.
1: It was called "With Her." Uh, somebody sent that to us. We we had asked people. Uh, at Largo have you heard of this podcast everyone's like no yeah it
0: no. was a first for me too <laughs> yeah, but I'm no glad more. she tried she had the
5: right idea you know
1: yeah so I I didn't feel crazy for not for, <laughs> if, I was with you I didn't think there was right one. yes <laughs> the
5: most under listened to podcast to date from a presidential candidate yeah man
1: <laughs> it's about
5: I guess that's not been a thing since recently though huh? true
0: yeah Trump really dominated the podcast industry
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: you gotta be crazy yeah
1: All right, guys, uh, those are corrections from this week. Not too shabby. Yeah. Mostly just pronunciations and didn't know that Hillary had a podcast. That's cool. And, you know, USC doesn't suck. But we have a lot of news to get to, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, guys, let's start with Bill Barr. Uh, When we learned earlier in the week from amazing reporting from Ryan Goodman at JustSecurity.org, that back in 1989, Bill Barr was at the Office of Legal Counsel at Maine Justice, and he wrote a memo that basically gave Bush the green light to abduct foreigners on foreign soil without talking to the foreigners first, the, like the foreign government. Right. Uh, and this was basically to pave the way for allowing us to abduct Manuel Noriega because Bush at the time was publicly supporting a coup against him, and it wasn't really working out too well, so it seems like they were trying to do a backdoor, you know, kind of a Gulen, turkey Flynn situation <laughs> where they were going to fly him out in the night. Uh, and not have to get, um, not have to get permission from Panama to do that. Yeah,
5: let's go on a fishing trip. Never comes back.
1: <laughs> Gone fishing. Nice <laughs> from Noriega. Uh, so Barr wrote this memo, and Congress asked to see it because it was submitted in secrecy, uh, and Barr refused. He said he would be happy though to summarize the principal conclusions. Of course. And those are the exact words he used last month when he said he would summarize the principal conclusions of the Mueller report.
5: Yeah. Ask no one.
1: Eventually, uh, Congress subpoenaed Barr's office legal counsel opinion and found that his summary totally omitted the most consequential incendiary and incendiary conclusions. He just left them out. And there was no justifiable reason for withholding them um, from Congress and Mm -hmm. the public. So here we are again. And Barr has totally whitewashed the Mueller report on multiple occasions to spin the findings in favor of the president. He's taken a giant shit on the independence of the Justice Department. And now he's blatantly... And obviously obstructing justice, at least in my eyes.
5: At least he's consistent.
1: <laughs> yep. There you go. Consistency <laughs> matters.
5: Yeah. And he also inserted things that were not true into that summary report, like the no more indictments thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nowhere in the report, right, does Mueller explicitly say no more indictments are coming.
1: It actually indicates that there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did have one. We had Greg Craig indicted after the Mueller investigation was right. over, which was part of the Mueller investigation. And is listed as one of the indictable offenses in the Mueller report, <laughs> which Barr didn't uh, redact and I, I have some I have some um, theories on why he didn't redact as much as we thought he was going to we'll yeah talk I'm about curious that. about them yeah we'll talk to, about that in a little bit but uh, you know honestly Congress should subpoena all the communications about the release of the Mueller report and the drafting of Barr's bullshit conclusions and I think they should impeach him I don't I don't think that this is proper behavior at all right. He's, he's obstructing obstructions.
0: Yeah. Even if they're not successful, you still think it's worth it because it is risky. We've talked about the risk, but you, you feel like it's just warranted. It's like we're tied. I like don't see the risk
1: t- in trying to impeach the attorney general.
0: Oh, the attorney. I'm sorry. I, th- I was thinking Trump. My bad. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: no I'm thinking Barr.
0: Oh, yeah. I forget you can impeach them, too.
1: Is the process the same, more or less? I'd have to look it up. I assume so.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely he's done things that would warrant that, but it's interesting to think about because what, what role would the... Attorney General play in an impeachment proceeding of the president. Do they play any sort of in role? the court? There's the no court like oversight that the DOJ has over that or anything. It's like strictly congressional power,
1: right? Because Department Justice is executive branch, and impeachment is a political proceeding within the Congress. Cool. So it'll be different. So totally he wouldn't have any. And there's nothing. So there's like nothing
5: that the AG could
1: do to stop that if Congress pushes it through, unless he's got some weird illegal tricks.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: but what about I all wonder- the? But the subpoenas in, and, and hearings and stuff. He's in charge of that, though, right? Like, he's in charge of, like, all the things that they're subpoenaing and trying to get people to testify about?
1: Well, he's not so much in charge of it, but he, he's the one who responds to the subpoenas mm-hmm. to the Department of Justice if mm-hmm. they go to the Department of Justice. Like, if they subpoena Barr, that's kind of his – like, kind of what's happening right now with the with the tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the IRS, which is under the Department of Treasury, and the Department of Treasury is blocking that based on letters that Trump lawyers have sent to Steve Mnuchin. So – yeah, they can block it, whether it's legal or not. Another thing that you can do is when Attorney General Barr is no longer an attorney general, but he's a private citizen. And I don't think there are any rules against indicting an attorney general, though, but he could be indicted for obstruction of justice, either while he's serving his term or afterwards. Wow. I don't know if it's easier one or the other. But Nixon's attorney general went to prison.
0: Yeah, uh, Barr needs to go. Yeah.
1: Oh, Yeah. I, I, think I think they should immediately start an investigation into obstruction of justice.
0: On Bar that. behind bars. we got to start this hashtag. But yes. they,
5: they'd have to prove that he himself did something outside of just the this, this spinning elements that he's been doing, you know?
1: Well, to prove, uh, now that we have seen the full Mueller report, we know that in order to prove obstruction of justice, you need three elements, right? You need uh, the nexus of a judicial proceeding. You need or a uh, nexus of something. <laughs> yeah. Judicial that sounds right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm convinced (laughs) Uh, you need um, an act like, for example, spinning, lying to public, Mm -hmm. fucking up that memo, adding shit that wasn't there, Mm -hmm. omitting things, adding things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's an act to obstruct justice. Sitting on the report for three weeks, um, four weeks almost uh, could be an obstructive act. Um, Not releasing the full report to Congress maybe could be considered an obstructive. So you need an act of obstruction. Yeah, that
5: sounds the most to me, mm -hmm. not releasing it to Congress.
1: Yeah. But see, the thing is, is that obstruction of justice is uh, you're obstructing justice in an investigation and the the Mueller investigation is purportedly over. So can you obstruct justice
0: retroactively?
1: (laughs) But I mean, is he obstructing the Mueller investigation by, you know, lying about its conclusions? Mm -hmm. And then because a lot of the stuff that's in the obstruction cases within the Mueller report are lying to the public about these obstructive behaviors and then of course intent and that's why they're probably um, subpoenaing all communications Nadler wants to see all communications about the release of the Mueller report or the non-release of the Mueller report what Mueller had to do with it how you guys decided you'd roll it out we need to see that documentation because then you might be able to prove intent right
5: I think you could maybe prove intent to obstruct the house investigations if that's a possibility
1: yeah that's yeah that's a distinct possibility because in the Mueller report he says that the Congress now has the ability to criminally investigate these matters and that makes it an investigation and maybe Mueller put that in there for that exact reason Mm -hmm. so that it wouldn't be obstructed on its way there. That would be fucking genius. Hell yeah. Beans. Mm, <laughs> I'm beans.
0: putting beans on that. Nice. I want to get a big chain that says beans. Like a nice gold chain. <laughs> well,
1: like, we should do little um, necklaces, like oh, Carrie yeah. Bradshaw has, but just says beans. Yeah, That'd be
5: cute. Two beans, like two chains, Old but two, two, bean, beans, two beans on a yeah. chain. <laughs> two beans. You two Sounds, chains like, a, sounds like a song. Yeah. Two beans on a chain. It might as well be now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Two beans on a chain. Let me see your Tootsie Roll. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you in two decades.
0: That's great. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs>
1: It's been a long week. Yeah, <laughs> very. Uh, and then oh. I, I also want to talk about you guys, Barr's obvious conflicts of interest. He shouldn't have ever taken an, an oversight role of the Mueller investigation in the first place because it's so obvious. He, he okay, First of all, he has upwards of $250,000 in assets with Deutsche Bank. There's one. Uh, He's worked with Vector Group, headed by Howard Lorber, who's one of the three blocked calls Don Jr. received after the 2016 Trump Tower meeting. And he's traveled to Russia with Trump to help him build a Trump Tower in Moscow. He's a real estate guy. That's Lorber. He's also worked with the Ziff brothers, who are the guys associated with the quote-unquote dirt on Hillary Clinton that Veselnitskaya promised Don Jr., to which Don replied, if it's what you say, I love it. Uh, And finally, he worked at the law firm that represented Alpha Bank, alongside Brian Benchkowski, uh, and you we know AlphaBank is the server that was pinging the Trump Tower server in early 2015 for unknown reasons, uh, and one of the heads of Alpha Bank is Yerman Kahn. He's the father-in-law of Vanderswan, and all four of those things were investigated by Mueller, and Barr shouldn't be allowed near his investigation. Right. It's like
0: a conflict of interest bingo. Like, he just hits all of the marks.
1: It is, and maybe that could be brought into the impeachment hearings or a, or a criminal uh, obstruction case, uh, but he shouldn't be allowed near it, let alone be allowed to spin it, withhold the summaries. Um That were written for the public. We still haven't seen those. I mean, it was obvious that aside from shoving it in a drawer for two weeks, uh, showing it to Trump so that he could develop a misinformation campaign about it, uh, redacting nearly one eighth of it, um, then lying about what's in it at a press conference before the rest of us get to read it. Uh, Aside from all that, I mean, he didn't release the summaries. He's releasing a very robust, um, and, and I'm really glad Mueller wrote the report the way that he wrote it, but it is a very legal document it's a legal work product and i don't think americans are just going to be gung ho about reading a 448 page report
0: right why not release the summaries what do you think he had to gain from that because it seems like people understanding what happened oh he doesn't want the american
1: people to know what's in that fucking report That is
0: insane
1: so he released the full long version
0: he know that most people won't read it withheld the
1: summaries spun it so that people who were too lazy to read the report just listen to whatever he says yep
0: and it's, it's true. A lot of people only tune into the major announcements from people like the attorney general. So they don't yeah. think it's the truth.
5: Yeah. And he had devised that, I'm sure, with Trump's counsel, both
1: in the White House and
5: personal.
0: Yeah. They know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Reuters put out a story today that they spent a good uh, Giuliani and Seculo spent a good six hours um, before Looking the over. report came out, taking notes in a skiff, reading the full report, taking notes. Giuliani said he took over 30 pages of notes. Wow. Uh, about the report all went back to Trump and all I could come up with was Trump's tweets <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so the far thing. that's their only official reaction yeah, yeah. like you worked really right. hard on your this report is bullshit tweet like yeah. that's what you came up with and then your Game of Thrones game over uh, Reference, meme, yeah, that little yeah. meme, yeah. Where
5: are their responses? Am I just not watching Fox News, or are they coming out and giving official statements yet? They're tweeting. I haven't seen anything other than tweets. Yep, that's, that's a, his
0: official response. You know, it's
5: also amazing, too, when the four-page bar report came out, they came on to CNN and MSNBC and things like that. There was Giuliani there taking their victory lap. That's right. And now this has happened, and they're nowhere to be seen Very on any a good of those programs Jordan. because yeah. it's not good for them.
1: Correct. And right after the full report dropped, and, and at first Trump was like, maybe I'll do a press conference. Mm, you never know that <laughs> oh. uh, he was seen later after the report dropped going to Mar-a-Lago, just beelined across the fucking White House lawn under the helicopter like nothing to say. Damn. Don't even look at the cameras. Keep walking. Don't oh.
0: look at my shame.
5: Finally. I've been longing to see him just fucking walk somewhere. And just shut
0: the and fuck just up. shut the
1: fuck up. <laughs> Go on
0: walk, and just, just shut up. Just walk, dude. It's <laughs> good for the soul.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and Renato Mariotti did a great... Summary for Politico about how Barr has tried to hide the obstruction of justice case against Trump, saying for a month now, Barr has led us to believe that there wasn't enough evidence to show obstruction, when in fact, the report shows clear evidence of obstruction laid out by a prosecutor who knew he wasn't allowed to bring charges. Right. It's obvious. Adderall there. Adderall sniff. 45 yeah. Yeah. Adderall 45 from a
5: soul <laughs> maybe Adderall will uh, sponsor us with some Adderall that
0: would now. be amazing I'm a big <laughs> yeah. fan of Adderall only had it like twice but man it's good oh, I'm a big
5: <laughs> fan it's good stuff <laughs> yeah it was like it <laughs> this
1: episode's brought to you by Adderall yeah.
5: <laughs> a fan is also a great thing to have while on Adderall just a True. Yeah. I have a personal.
1: I have a personal hot flash fan. So.
5: Oh, oh, nice. Try it on Adderall. Yeah, it's like a
0: vibrator sound.
5: <laughs>
1: thank <laughs> you. There. Yeah, thank you. They should <laughs> make a dual vibrator menopause fan. Yes, yes. with a remote control, in it. right? Yes. For when you're overheated. Mm-hmm. It just lazy.
5: extends out and then like makes a right angle and has a fan blowing in your face while yes. it's going on and yeah. has
1: a Postmates button for wine delivery. <laughs>
5: and Patent pinning. You got to get this. <laughs> yeah. pen, 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 pen. Right. Okay.
3: Cool. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and also. <laughs> Uh, The New York Times dropped a bomb this week, uh, reporting that the Department of Justice and the White House were having robust discussions about contents of the Mueller report uh, for at least a week. And we were sort of talking about this with the news that just dropped in Reuters about Seculo and Giuliani. But this reporting in The New York Times answered our question from a daily update we had this week about how Giuliani and Trump could possibly be preparing a rebuttal report when we were told they hadn't seen the report. And Barr was asked about it by Congress, and Barr said he never showed it to them. Uh, that could have been afterwards, though. Like, maybe at that point he hadn't showed it to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also said during that testimony he would not discuss the report until the public had it, but then held that propaganda press conference that Dems in Congress told him to cancel. Uh, they wrote a letter saying cancel this bullshit because of its inappropriateness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inapproprio. Inapproprio. For that, I like that. <laughs> um Further, in the days leading up to the release of the report, we heard tell that some current and former White House staff were worried about being identified as sources because Trump might retaliate against them. Well, boo fucking who! I'd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like to say. Nobody forced you to work for the shit monster. So true. You made your bed lie in it. Uh, and they were right, though. Just after the report dropped, Don McGahn, who was mentioned over 500 times by name in the Mueller report... Suffered the wrath of Trump because Trump fired his law firm from the twenty from his 2020 re-election campaign.
0: Damn.
1: Uh, frankly, I'm surprised he hired him in the first place because McCann spent 30 hours talking to Mueller. Maybe he was like, he's on my side. Mm-hmm. Loyalty test. Yeah. It's fun, too, going back now, knowing all these people who show up in the
5: Mueller report so much and knowing whose sources probably were for books like Russian Roulette and the,
1: what was the other one that we read? That's Fear. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know Rob Porter was a big... Contributor to a lot of those things, and John Kelly as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. This has been in my head for like sixty seconds now. I feel like when you said you made your bed, I just wanted to say you made your bed pee in it. But the <laughs> moments pass. I feel like it's just been stuck in my head. No, that's good. I had yeah. to get it out.
1: We can just insert it and just <laughs> jump there it you back. Go. Yeah, make it make it all better. You jump made the your bed. Back. pay a prostitute to urinate on yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, let's see. Uh, after the bar press propaganda disinformazia conference, uh, during which he offered a less redacted version to Congress, Jerry Nadler came out and said, fuck no, dude, Uh, because had Congress accepted that offer, they would have had to have read the information in a skiff, uh, they wouldn't be allowed to take copies out, they wouldn't be allowed to take notes, and they wouldn't be allowed to discuss it with one another. Yeah. And the whole
5: point is we do not trust what you redacted or how you choose what you redact. So giving
1: us anything that's redacted at all defeats the purpose of even asking for it. Exactly. So allowing Giuliani and Seculo to see the fully unredacted report and take notes and discuss it. But Congress? No. Nah. It's weird. Sketch or not? Nah? Sketch or no? Nah? Sketch. <laughs> Sketch. Uh, then we found out about a new aluminum plant in the United States. Uh, this is we're shifting gears now. We're done. I'm done with bar. Fuck bar. <laughs> uh, we have a new aluminum plant. Yay. In the United States. Woohoo, Courtesy of Russia. <laughs> Angelise is going to go over that in Hot Notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also got a look at the unsealed affidavit against Assange this week. And it does, in fact, say that he conspired to hack a server with Chelsea Manning, which is a crime. However, uh, after seeing the sycophantic shit show that is Bill Barr I do not trust this Justice Department and we need to watch the extradition in case against Julian Assange to make sure Trump and his puppets don't try to use this as a way to limit the free press the Fourth Estate right which Trump is continually called an enemy of the people exactly I want to keep my eye close on this because they, it needs to be a, if, if they're gonna prosecute Assange for a crime it has to be very narrow and it can't touch distribution of materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, a you know protection of the free press, yeah. Or FOIA requests. I feel like there's going to be an attack on FOIA requests, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show because of this this FOIA thing that that happened this week that might have re- is what I was talking. about. I thought there you know with the number of redactions being as low as it was, I think it has something to do with a FOIA filing and a, and a, a judge decision. Interesting. In that case, we'll go into that in a little bit, uh, and of course the battle for Trump's taxes wages on this week as uh, Trump's lawyers issue a second letter to the Treasury warning them uh, to not allow the IRS to release his taxes to the Democrats in Congress, and even though it's the law. I'm hoping the grand jury materials and underlying evidence in the Mueller report include the Trump tax returns.
0: Yeah, they need to.
1: And his finances. Uh, I'm almost certain they're in there. So you know
0: I saw a guy um, some Republican was like they keep asking for his tax returns they're not going to be satisfied like after that they're going to want like other stuff and I'm like yeah they want evidence it's like if you murdered someone they want the murder knife or you know the gun they want everything <laughs> the they can get
1: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah if we if we demand the taxes now and it's not enough soon we're going to be marrying animals right <laughs> <laughs> slippery slope tax slopes <laughs>
0: Okay. Trickle down, yeah,
1: yeah. But his finances have to be in there. I mean, there, his finances weren't gone over in the Mueller report, but they—I'm certain those 14 referred cases. His finances are in there somewhere, mm-hmm. and so whatever you know, uh, U.S. Attorney's office that was referred out to, they have Trump's taxes. And when you get all the underlying evidence, um, if you know Nadler's subpoenaing that, the full Mueller report, all underlying evidence, uh, Trump's taxes got to be in there. That's another way for them to get Trump's taxes. We'll keep an eye on that too. they they will come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, the House subpoenaed a lot of information this week. First of all, they uh, subpoenaed information about Trump's finances from Deutsche Bank this week. Uh, they've also asked for information about the pardon dangled to the acting DHS secretary, Department of Homeland Security secretary. McAleenan, I think his name is. Uh, and the White House also has rejected the House request for documents about the AT&T-Time Warner merger. Mm-hmm. So uh, the investigations push on in the House, and Trump continues to block them because he'd, he it's totally legal and totally cool. <laughs> uh, also this week, here's the story. Here's the thing. There was an incredible and possibly hugely consequential story. BuzzFeed filed a FOIA request for the entire Mueller report, and during the hearings, Judge uh, Reggie Walton – he's a Bush appointee, by the way – basically said that he wants to wait and see what Barr puts out. Uh, but then if he's not satisfied with the redactions in the bar report, he'll go through the redacted materials to check his work and make sure they're appropriate. Wow. Uh, and he's, he, he's going to do that in camera. That's where the in camera came from, from the corrections. That's which incredible. means In his office alone, dick yeah. in hand, justice porn. <laughs> uh, I think this decision might have actually had an impact on bar, like I was talking about. Maybe it could be why we got a report that was less than 13 percent redacted when we were predicting 35, 40, 50 percent. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised about that
0: yeah I like that connection you made I didn't even consider that well, I didn't know what happened but <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense that he was spooked yeah, yeah like yeah. oh fuck
1: because mm-hmm. yeah, you know that last report that he fucked around with in 1989 about the Manuel Noriega kidnapping that didn't that full report didn't get subpoenaed until three years later after he was out of the job so maybe he figured he's got he can Slow roll it or something, and he had time. People will forget. Maybe he'd already be appointed to the Supreme Court by the time (laughs) uh, we got the full, you know, the full Monty. Yeah. But thank God for BuzzFeed. When Mm -hmm. that judge came out and was like, "Uh, I'm going to check your work, bro, he was like, fuck, I can't. That's probably why, you know, maybe Rosenstein was like, We don't know. But, dude, high five to BuzzFeed. Hell yeah. They've gone from listicles to, like, hard-hitting journalism. Yeah.
5: <laughs> they need to do a fusion where they have, like, top ten reasons we should impeach Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah number four may shock
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Clickbait. Amazing. Click Number four will shock you. Uh, anyway, these are the kinds of things that t- uh, Trump wants to prevent the free press from doing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So keep your eye on the Assange case and any attacks on FOIA. If he tries to do an executive order limiting... Uh, FOIA, mm-hmm. because so much of what I mean, the Mueller report sort of reads like a transcript of our podcast from day one. And any attack on FOIA and a lot of that came out from FOIA requests. absolutely. and 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 the press, the journalism, yeah, the dossier, all that. So those FOIA requests are important. And i i I, I dread. That he will use somehow use this Assange case to limit the freedom of the press.
0: Yeah, the trolls will come out too. I bet they're going to have like a campaign against that.
5: Yeah. Well, he could also, since he looks like he was in cahoots with WikiLeaks to some degree, right? I love WikiLeaks. <laughs> if he can, if he can come out and come down hard on Assange, that's something that he can now point to and be like, "Look, see, pro you know, I was down for getting him or something, even, right, even right. though he benefited greatly from stuff that he did." Yeah, he's so
0: wishy-washy.
5: Oh, sort of like a cover. Yeah. Like a beard. It's a perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> chance for him to come out and actually do something that would even
1: kind of like when he uh said he declared the Iran defense, th- that whole thing right. like a, those a terrorist organization when they helped fund his Azerbaijan hotel like maybe as a cover like maybe as a no, see, or yeah. I, I'm tough on Russia sanctions which never actually really got deployed yeah. or giving him yeah. a
0: heads up about those missiles yeah
1: yeah people
5: are a friend to him or to him he considers them. Friends until they do something or
1: if not being friends with them could benefit him in some way. Yeah. Right. Totally. Uh, Guys, we also learned Tuesday that one of the survivors of sex trafficking and abuse by American oligarch Jeffrey Epstein uh, is (laughs) suing Alan Dershowitz for defamation after he falsely claimed she had fabricated her accusations against Epstein. Uh, Her name is Virginia Joffrey. I think that's how you pronounce it. There we go. And uh, this is so badass and brave of her, by the way. Not only is she saying Dershowitz defamed her, but he he was also a participant in the sex trafficking and was one of the men Epstein forced her to have sex with. In response, Dershowitz Dershowitz said, uh, uh, I welcome the lawsuit. I've been looking for an opportunity to prove in court that this woman made up the whole story. I will prove she committed perjury. I've never met her, unquote. But if we've learned anything from listening to old rich white fuckers talk, it's commonly they commonly uh, say the opposite of what's real. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure they've met. Uh, I hope in the process of him explaining it, he's like,
5: no, see, I had sex with this young girl and this young girl yeah. and this young girl. Mm-hmm. Nowhere Not to be hers. found. Exactly. <laughs> That's my fantasy. She wasn't. In that room. would go down.
0: Yeah. And this is so crazy. Um, I, I wish I had her name right now, but there's a woman from Bangladesh who was just burned alive for reporting a sexual harassment claim oh against like God. her the headmaster of her school yeah, she's like 18 that. 19 years old so like this is i know Jesus. in america you know it's it's fortunately it's not like that crazy but it's it's a real like struggle like around the world like the whole idea Definitely. of yeah sexual harassment and all that so it's so awful yeah
1: mm. yeah there's just so many human human rights violations yeah it's just it's gross it's that are being completely ignored mm-hmm uh, and that's that's happened before, um, in in past presidencies as well. Um, right, and, just, and we need to do better. They're
0: dismissing it so quickly. Even as someone who you feel, if you feel like you're falsely accused, like Alan Dershowitz is a piece of shit, so I wouldn't be surprised. But like it's just the way they attack the victim. Like I don't know. I feel like I, I can see why he'd be so upset, but. It's just the way you talk about this, even if you believe other victims, like, why would you, like, make it? It's just bad for the, the whole discussion, I think. But well, that's, that's why, why I think he's evil.
1: That's why I hope she gets justice and I hope he goes down, that he's that she's brave enough to bring this defamation suit yeah, to, to prove I wasn't lying. He is a sex offender. He's a convicted sex offender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, these other things did happen. Oh, and prove that you're a liar. Right. For For trying to discredit my coming forward with the story. That's fucking awesome. Absolutely. What's really shitty, though,
5: it's probably going to happen is there's not going to be enough evidence
1: I'll to wait, decide though. one way or the they other. They have a witness. Uh, her name is Maria Farmer, who worked for Epstein. Uh, she manned the front door at his New York mansion and also sold art for him. Right. And she kept a record of the visitors. She said she witnessed underage girls that would be escorted upstairs and that on a number of occasions, Dershowitz was upstairs when the underage girls went up. And last week, Senate Democrats demanded the Justice Department disclose the full results of its investigation into whether Trump's labor secretary, Alex Acosta, is guilty of misconduct when he let Epstein off the hook with basically a slap on the wrist for raping, abusing and trafficking dozens of underage girls when he was the U.S. attorney in Florida. So maybe this witness will, will help provide they've got affidavits, they've got witnesses Yeah, yeah I hope that helps.
0: more witnesses Yeah, it's just historically so hard to prosecute. Like, mm-hmm.
1: Well, this yeah. isn't a criminal case. This is a oh, civil suit. Mm-hmm. A
0: defamation yeah, the suit. Defam- yeah. mm-hmm. So worst case scenario, what could happen then? Like, if She it- gets a
1: shitload of money and he's accused of lying publicly Well, good for her. And then. all the discovery that's- could come out and show that he was part of these parties. Yeah. What's yes, the statute of
5: limitations thing. on that On that, um, pursuing them criminally, or him criminally?
1: Uh, for defamation?
5: No, for having sex with an underage <laughs>
1: Oh, Dershowitz? It's probably over.
5: Yeah. Mm. That's so goddamn ridiculous. It should be right.
1: There should be no uh, statute of limitations on on child abuse or rape.
0: But she'll get her day in court. That's that's amazing.
1: She certainly will. Uh, Yeah, and let's see if Trump, who has also been known to be at Epstein sex parties, Mm -hmm. um, let's see if he pressures his peg boy, Bill Barr, not to cooperate with senators on this one. I'd like to see him try. Uh, I hope these women find justice. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Hot Notes. Hey guys, we need to tell you about our Rothy's shoes. Literally the most comfortable flat I've ever worn. But there's so much more to these amazing shoes besides comfort. First of all, they're sleek and clean, so you can wear them to work all day and then transition to happy hour or a nice dinner without having to change your shoes. And I love that kind of versatility. But that's not all. They're also sustainable, and that's really important to us at Muller, she wrote. Rothy's are made out of recycled plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million plastic bottles from our landfills and oceans. They're manufactured in a zero-waste factory, and they're shipped directly in a box, which drastically reduces packaging waste. They're machine washable, breathable, and non-slip. And Jordan, you wore yours to work.
5: Yeah, they were perfect when I used to serve. They were the best shoes I could wear. Like you said, they're not slippy at all, super comfortable, and I'd keep them on all day pretty much. They're good for anything you want to do.
1: Yeah, and they come in four styles, too. The point, the sneaker, the loafer, and the flat. And they come in a bunch of awesome colors and patterns, too. Jaleesa, you got the leopard print loafers. You wear them pretty much everywhere.
0: Yeah, I love them so much. I immediately feel so fancy when I slip them on. They make my whole outfit, and they're so comfortable.
1: Yeah, I ended up with the classic black flat. um, And they're just astoundingly comfortable. There was no break-in period. Uh, They're machine washable. I I love breathable shoes. They're super simple. Seriously, the most comfortable shoes I've ever had. And Rothy's has an amazing detail. For our listeners right now, use code AG to get free shipping with no minimum. That's free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothys shoes, but trust me, you will not want to return them. So go to Rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com and enter A G to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Awesome. Hot notes. Baby. All right, guys. Today, Jordan has a story about our allies down under. But first, Jaleesa, what's going on in Kentucky?
0: Oh, yeah. So in this week's edition of Squid Pro Crow, which I think deserves its own sound effect now, right? Like maybe we'll get like a crow cawing or a squid (laughs) sound. A
1: splat.
5: Because. Like an inking. <laughs> yes. That was, without, that was more like a cat. Yes. <laughs> right. We'll figure it out. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> so on Monday, we learned that the uh, the Russian aluminum company, Russell, wants to invest $200 million in an aluminum mill in Kentucky, of all places. And no offense to the people of Kentucky. I'm all for you guys getting more jobs. But I don't think it's a coincidence that all this Russian investing is happening in Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell's home state. I just feel like it's got their shitty little fingerprints all over it. So first of all, Rusol was uh, just sanctioned by the US like five minutes ago for having connections <laughs> to Deripaska. And yet soon after, Russel's sanctions were randomly lifted and Republicans claim it's because Deripaska reduced his stock in the company. But keep in mind, this aluminum deal would not be able to happen if Rusol was still under sanctions, which inspired the joke, why was Bitch McTurtle Turtle in a hurry to lift the sanctions? Because they were Russian. Ah, rim shot there. Ah, ah.
1: Russian. Oh, ah, Russian. <laughs>
0: classic, classic. And as far as Rand Paul, wasn't he the one who went to Russia to hand deliver a letter from Trump to Putin? Sure was. Yeah, yeah. Something like, we go criming with me, check yes or no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to meet Putin. Can I give him a letter? Can exactly.
0: I go My best friend. Basically, Paul and McConnell ran around like little errand boys for Trump, just asking, whose dick do I have to suck to get some sanctions lifted around you? <laughs> And the company in (laughs) charge of building the aluminum mill—it's
1: that every day. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This dick, I got stuck around here to get sanctions lifted.
0: Exactly. The company in charge of the aluminum mill, uh, or in charge of building it in Kentucky, is called Brady Industries. So every now and then I'll be referring to the people involved in the scandal as the Brady Bunch. Not to be confused with the Brody Bunch.
1: Yeah, no, different. Yeah,
0: and the CEO of Brady Industries, Craig Bouchard, uh, said, quote, "...anyone that will help me rebuild Appalachia with prosperity, I will welcome. We're very cautious about observance of all rules, regulations, and laws. This is a non-controversial item for us. We're business people, not politicians." Which sounds nice and all until you realize this whole scheme is just Putin's way of paying back Republican candidates, which we can thank Citizens United for. Actually, we can thank Anthony Kennedy for that, right? So, fuck funny.
5: Also, fuck that guy for yeah. just being like complicit in doing Brady? business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his
0: name, actually? Um,
5: the, the head of that Bouchard. Guy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Craig.
1: Craig. <laughs> Those damn Craigs. Those Craigs have two first names. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's not going to go to jail on that crime. (laughs)
0: Right. Not to mention, Brady Industries' main bank is none other than Deutsche Bank, which Kennedy's son was the head of real estate capital markets for while also working closely with the Trump organization. And we already reported that Russia was benefiting from Trump's tariffs on aluminum, but this is just the cherry on top for them. Think about it. Trump already killed NAFTA. He stopped Canadian aluminum imports. He lifted the embargo on Russia and sanctioned Iran, all in preparation for this and all to benefit Russia. And I feel like at this point, it's not so much a smoking gun as it is a large on arrow with like flashing lights <laughs> yeah. just says Russia it's yeah. a
1: smoking nuclear reactor exactly <laughs> yeah
0: and some people, uh, you know, may accuse us of wearing tinfoil hats or Russian aluminum hats. But Cohen
1: says <laughs> I think we're going to make all of our tinfoil hats out of Russian aluminum. Yeah, from now on.
0: New merch idea. Just so you know. <laughs> Cohen says he also has evidence of Chinese money funding uh, fun- funding Republican campaigns while he was the deputy finance chair of the RNC. So it might not be too out of character for Team Trump and the Brady Bunch to do something like this. Either way, Brady and Russell said they've, quote, entered into a letter of intent and expect a- to sign a binding document in the second quarter of 2019 so we'll just see what happens with that I know
5: so messed up yeah and it pisses me off so much that there isn't any sort of legal proceeding that can punish that very clear quid pro quo exactly yeah it's like what a coincidence that right after they lifted sanctions, this huge deal is going down in yeah. which there's a 60-40 split on the whole project between exactly. Russia and Brady. It's yeah. insane.
1: And the Treasury was working really hard to get those tr- stocks and shareholder those shares transferred from Deripaska specifically to get him down to 40 percent so they could lift sanctions. But it really went to 12 percent, went to his family, and the rest <laughs> is owned by the Kremlin. So yep. it's still all oligarchy. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should make a list of potential new laws after all of this, just to give Congress a little suggestion, yeah. like a guide. Yeah, because <laughs> we should have like a, a limit. You
5: should change. Yeah,
0: like a window after you're like released from sanctions, like you can't do deals for a little while, just like a probation period. Like regular people have that, you know. Like why don't rich people have that?
1: Yeah, or if there's some sort of a uh, you know a deal where you can sort of divest to get sanctions lifted you can't mm-hmm. give it to your family and friends yeah oh, or the totally. Kremlin. yeah right. just like
0: cindy yang gave those spas to her family it's like you're <laughs> right. still dirty
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i and i also i bet too that that was a part of the trump campaign's contacts with russia in coordination which I know wasn't proven but these are my beans mm-hmm. my beans are that they're like yeah we're going to campaign on this idea of rebuilding a bunch of American jobs and we're going to source stuff from Russia
0: yeah mm-hmm. they're going to definitely tell their, their constituents that it's, it's for them but it's just sketchy coming from, from that group
1: because I'm all for the jobs, sketchiest. I really am.
0: Yeah, like it's just Russia. Like why? Well, they we need to be like,
1: creating American green jobs. Yeah. Exactly, not Russian aluminum jobs. Exactly. Right.
5: And because they happen to be the number one aluminum producer, basically right now in the world, I'm pretty sure that's true. Because it used to be China, and now it's them, mm-hmm. and they get to have that veil over this whole thing. Is like, oh, well, we're the top in the market, but it's like they've essentially they have they kind of have what seems like a monopoly on the market right now. Totally. And. It's, they're going to be able to just say that that was their only choice or whatever. Yeah. And, and, or it's or just like, yeah, good
0: it's just for the business, people. just good business. When it's in fact, it really does seem like it's Putin just paying them back.
1: Yeah. And we need to find out uh, if any of these guys are invested in, in this company or Brady Industries.
0: Yeah. I guess Brady actually is uh, supposed to be taxpayer owned somehow. That's trippy to me. Like I when I was reading on it, apparently like... um The guy who was the mayor of Kentucky or whatever he governor I guess it would be he uh he made it so that the taxpayers own the company and I thought that was interesting I wanted to look more into it just to figure out how that works but um yeah like it seems like a weird diversion tactic like how do how do the taxpayers own a company is that normal
1: yeah I don't know but it's just it's I don't think there's anything illegal about any of it and that's the frustrating exactly yeah definitely exactly that's my point. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. For sure. Really scary information. Uh, Jordan, what do you have about our good friend from Australia?
5: Yes. So vindication is what I have. Um, Australian officials came out this week saying that they're ready to corroborate intelligence that proves that that conversation between Papadop and Alexander Downer, in which Papadop drunkenly exposes, allegedly drunkenly, (laughs) that part may not be true, but it seems like he was, right? Yeah. Uh, He exposes that Russia had dirt on Hillary. And this this corroborates that that did, in fact, occur. And this comes after BuzzFeed has been in a 15-month-long FOI, uh, FOI, just Freedom of Information battle, over getting those documents. And the Australian government, up until this week, had refused to confirm or give any details about the matter, citing national security reasons. But now, since the Mueller report's coming to an end, they said they'd be comfortable releasing this three page cable, as it's called, which is a fun, old timey sounding thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. See? Yes. I'm going to send you a cable. Uh, That that details, this three-page cable details the meeting. And it also includes the calendar invite. So I feel like when we talked about this in the beginning, we kind of conceived it as like some sloppily put-together meeting, sort of. And it turns out, I mean, it was very much a planned meeting that was supposed to be a talk between Australia and Papadop to talk about foreign policy and what Trump's ideas on foreign policy were. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. That's revealed in this article. So that's a surprise to me. Uh, In an Australian official, they said, release of the full contents of this document could reasonably be expected to damage the bilateral relationship with the United States and relationships with other partners with which we engage closely. This would significantly impact the department's ability to prosecute Australia's foreign policy interests, end quote. So it is redacted um, and... That's really that's really it. Yeah, you can put well, that in your pipe and smoke it. a flop. <laughs> that's my new my new pop Papa flop. Hell yes. Papa flop. Let's like hear that. it for
1: Buzzfeed Foya. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Totally. Number four will shock you. Uh, all right. Cool, guys. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And now, duh, we're gonna get into uh, the redacted version of the Mueller report. It is here. Uh, it came out Thursday morning, as we all know. It's two volumes. Uh, one is about russian interference and the other is about obstruction of justice it's 448 pages long 12.4% of it is redacted. Far fewer redactions than we were expecting. We're happy about that. That's why I'm talking about that Reggie Walton decision, thinking, you know, maybe that BuzzFeed FOIA case had a last-minute impact on how much was redacted from the report. 61% of the redactions are because of open and ongoing investigations. 61%. But, yeah, I'm sure it's all wrapped up. We should just change the name of our podcast. (laughs) 24% is grand jury material. 7% is for investigative technique. And uh, 6% is for personal privacy. Hmm. So I'd like to go over some key concepts with you guys. Keep in mind, though, we're going to do a full analysis in a series starting this week, much like we do our book club reviews. Uh, as soon as we can get it recorded, we'll start putting them out immediately. So look for those episodes. Patrons, you'll get them a day early. But we definitely want to talk about the key points here. Since the report just came out, we've had a couple days to, to sit on it, digest it. It's delicious. <laughs> uh, talk about them and what you know, maybe what some of them mean, some of the standout things that jumped out to me at first and some of the things that seem to be sort of floating around in the air this weekend like mm-hmm. lovely balloons oh yeah um that you pop and it rains joy oh, nice uh first uh volume one page one right at the outset it sounds like i'm just gonna read the whole thing in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So Muller lays out his findings, and and this is the entire sentence that Barr chopped up and put in his first summary letter. If you remember, the sentence in Barr's memo started with a capital T in brackets, which indicated to us that there was a front part of that sentence that was missing that probably began with the word although.
5: (laughs) Mm. Love those brackets.
1: Yeah. And we were correct. Uh, Here is the sentence in its entirety. Although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and worked to secure that outcome, and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through Russian efforts, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Nice. That's the whole thing. Although there was a lot of collusion... There was not illicit coordination that rose to the level of criminality is what it's saying. And that's what we thought it was going to say. Yeah. Although there was a shitload of fucked up shit. We had that one tiny link from the chain was missing in, the, in our ability to charge a crime in uh, interference activities. Nowhere does it say no collusion. And that is something you can take with you forward on into modernity <laughs> when Trump supporters give you the no collusion line. Ask them for a screenshot of the Mueller report that says no collusion. Yeah, we should use our
0: stamp, our no collusion stamp.
1: (laughs) Show me, yeah, one of our uh, patrons sent us a a no collusion stamp, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) We're going to have to start using that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, ask them to show you. Show me the line in the Mueller report that says no collusion. I'll wait. (laughs) It's not there. Uh, And Mueller even addressed the word collusion in his report and here's here's the quote from the from there in evaluating whether evidence about collectives collective action of multiple individuals constituted a crime we applied the framework of conspiracy law not the concept of collusion in so doing the office recognized that the word collude was used in communications with the acting attorney general, confirming certain aspects of the investigation's scope, and that the term has frequently been invoked in public reporting about the investigation. But collusion is not a specific offense or theory of liability found in the United States Code, nor is it a term of art in federal criminal law. For those reasons... The office's focus in analyzing questions of joint criminal liability was on conspiracy as defined in federal law. In connection with that analysis, we addressed the factual question whether members of the Trump campaign coordinated a term that appears in the appointment order with uh, with Russian election interference activities. Like collusion, coordination does not have a settled definition in federal criminal law. We understood coordination required an agreement tacit or express between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. That requires more than two parties taking actions that were informed by uh, or responsive to the other's actions and interests or interests. We applied the term coordination in that sense when stating in the report that the investigation did not establish that the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: End of story. So
0: well written, man.
1: Lots of collusion.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Much and collusion. also
1: very easy to understand. I really appreciate that they wrote it like
5: that. Absolutely.
1: Right. So even though it is 448 pages, and I think Barr is trying to keep people from reading it because it's so long, and that's why he didn't release the summaries. Mm-hmm. They wrote it in. Of, I mean, it's it's got a lot of legal terms in it, but it's written for a layperson.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, who's going to do the first like Mueller report Twitter account where each like. Twitter tweet is just like another yeah. summary.
5: Of the, it it reads like a Seth Abramson. Thread. Yeah, but that's like our Twitter account <laughs> just, a little bit. It's just thousands and thousands of, <laughs> yeah. of tweets long. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, okay, so that that's the only time collusion is referred to uh, in this report is when the president says it or tweets it. Yeah. Or a presidential a president's ally uses the term. And in a piece this week by Asha Rangappa in the New York Times, she talks about how Trump supporters who fell for the no collusion marketing disinformation campaign fell for an old Russian propaganda trick called reflexive control which is, quote, a technique of psychological manipulation through disinformation. The idea is to feed your adversary a set of assumptions that will produce a predictable response. That response, in turn, furthers a goal that advances your interests by luring your opponent into agreeing with your initial assumptions. You can control the narrative and ultimately the outcome in your favor. Mm-hmm. Best of all, the outcome is one in which your adversary has voluntarily acceded. And this is exactly what happened with much of the American public in the course of Mueller's investigation. hmm Old Russian tricks, and you fell for them. Yep. Mm-hmm.
5: And lubing the truth. I think that played a large part, maybe, in the redactions as well, too, because it's like assuming that Barr was redacting things he shouldn't have redacted. If Giuliani hadn't lubed the truth, then they probably would have redacted even more. Yeah.
1: That's true. That's true. Lubing the truth. <laughs> uh, on page 10, the report goes into some of the difficulties they had with people, uh, in that some invoked the Fifth Amendment. Which Trump has said only guilty people do. Uh, Some claimed executive privilege and some lied to the special counsel, uh, which is a crime, but special counsel only charged some of them as crimes. Right. Uh, It doesn't spell out why they didn't charge all the liars with lies. Mm -hmm. Uh, On page 174, we see some redactions in Mueller's considerations in charging Russians that interfered with the election, which says to me there may be additional or similar charges against Russians. On page 185. Uh, is the argument Mueller makes about considering charging crimes surrounding the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting and whether or not the documents promised had intrinsic monetary value. And this is the part I still don't understand, and I would ask him about if I were in Congress. But uh, Mueller says that in light of the government's substantial burden of proof on issues of intent, which is no, knowing and willful, and the difficulty establishing the value of the offered information, the evidence probably wouldn't be sufficient to sustain a conviction. So the crime of conspiracy is the one they couldn't establish a, a high burden of proof of intent for. But the thing we'd always thought was was going to be chargeable was that this was an in-kind campaign donation, right. something of value from a foreign government, uh, specifically a foreign adversary, because the documents have value, and that's a crime. So what Mueller is saying is they couldn't d- d- determine the value of the dirt on Hillary Clinton, so he couldn't charge Don Jr. with that crime, and I just don't understand that. Moreover, Mueller concluded that Don Jr. was pretty much too stupid to have willful intent in this case, (laughs) which is known as mens rea, and it's different from ignorance of the law. It's just ignorance.
0: They should have a Price is Right episode for the... like the emails to figure out what the prices were. worth <laughs> like, just guess just give it a number
1: how much are these worth without going over even right. if they just said that they were worth the paper they were printed on
0: that still would have been illegal it would
1: have had a value yeah and i don't know why they didn't assign a value to it mm. uh, maybe they just thought that they would have a real hard time and that would be a sticking point in in court yeah, yeah. or maybe that's just like a, a
5: slope they don't want to go down or i shouldn't say slope maybe more a precedent they don't want to set just less
1: bulletproof right mm-hmm. and yeah and a, yeah a kind of a creepy precedent uh but i want to ask him why
0: Good question. Why don't you
1: just say it was worth five cents and yeah. mm-hmm. get on with it?
0: Because Hillary would be offended. I'm worth more than that. <laughs> My <Yeah>. emails are <laughs> priceless.
1: <laughs> priceless. Uh, and then on page 197, Mueller addresses the infamous Jeff Sessions line during his confirmation hearing. You hear it every week in our opening sequence. I did not have communications with the Russians. <laughs> uh, and Mueller determines that Sessions understood the question narrowly. And that there was not enough evidence that Sessions willfully lied. The investigation, though, did confirm Sessions met multiple times with, Rus- with Russians. Multiple times mm-hmm. with Russians. So yeah, but I guess when when he was asked the questions, "Have you ever met with any Russians?" For some reason, Jeff Sessions took it to mean, "Have I had like substantive meetings with Russians about specific things?" And he's like, "No, I did not meet with them for that." Right. Uh, and so he was able to, that, you know,
0: slip through that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right then we get to volume two and volume two is the best volume (laughs) on page two we learn why muller didn't come to a conclusion on obstruction as you guys know we had said well here listen to my beans from last week's episode it's called muller if you're listening here's what i think here's my beans to that Uh, i think that he had an answer on obstruction of justice if he didn't he would have had to interview trump because you have to get to intent. But maybe he had such overwhelming evidence he didn't need to get that interview. Mm. But the Department of Justice does not allow you to bring criminal charges for obstruction of justice. And in the past, there is precedent that shows that that the special counsel or special investigator or special prosecutor, whatever you call them at that point, would hand that, kick that question over to Congress because you can't indict a sitting president because of DOJ policy. And we know mm, Mueller probably follows rules. And that's exactly what the Mueller report indicates. So beans came true. And check out what Jaleesa says right after that.
0: Yeah, and that means hopefully when Trump's no longer president, which will happen, that somebody will, you know, arrest him after that.
1: And Jaleesa, your beans came true because Mueller says that in his report. Yay! That while he can't charge the president, despite his crimes... The president can be charged once he leaves office. So well done there. Nice. Good job, team. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
5: Go. (laughs) Go.
1: Mueller then says uh, that if he had confidence that Trump did not commit an obstruction of justice or commit obstruction of justice, he would have said so. But based on the facts and the law, he couldn't say that. And therefore, while he couldn't charge him with a crime because the Department of Justice doesn't allow him to charge him with a crime, the investigation doesn't exonerate him. And that's the massive takeaway here. Mm Mm-hmm. Mueller then goes on to lay out 10 instances of obstruction of justice. That's a cafefe of obstructions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a BuzzFeed list for you. (laughs) Uh,
1: And he offers the three requirements to meet the standard to charge criminal obstruction of justice, which are an obstructing action, nexus to an official proceeding, not a judicial proceeding. There we go, yeah. Nexus to an official proceeding, and intent. And Mueller lays it all out there, basically offering everything anyone could ever need to get a clean, bulletproof conviction on criminal obstruction of justice. And... There are seven of those 10 obstruction of justice instances that meet all three requirements. Wow. So. Charge that shit. Yes. Seven counts of criminal obstruction of justice. And the the reason he didn't charge him is because he couldn't, Mm because he follows the rules.
0: That's crazy. And we knew it, though. We called it. That's true. That's just, what we said. I'm yeah. just glad it, it's validating. Like that's Right, because yeah.
1: I said I, th- I think the only reason they didn't interview Trump is because they had plenty. Mm-hmm. They yes. didn't need to get to his intent, and, and the only reason he didn't charge him with a crime is because he couldn't. The and law, yeah. Basalm, there it is.
5: I do think that's weird, though, that he didn't push more to interview Trump, because if he could have interviewed him, he could have had more information on if he could establish intent or not. Maybe he wants so that's Congress when I start, to
0: interview Trump.
5: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but, but I just, I really wonder why he didn't. I mean, I know it was a fucking nightmare. Just to try to get him even give written answers. But. For sure. But he could well, have forced he is, him.
1: He is very thorough, but he also doesn't waste time. And I think that – and this is just beans. This is total theory but uh, and based on what little I know about this man. But if he's got seven full counts of obstruction of justice with meeting all three requirements to, to meet criminality, illicit criminality of obstruction of justice, you don't need any more.
0: Right, because Trump wasn't planning on – like doing it anytime soon so like the whole not wasting time thing about Mueller that makes sense yeah
1: yeah it also says a lot
5: about what his intent was for the report he wanted to basically get things to the threshold where he could pass them off to congressional investigators mm-hmm. or other districts I think and they could run with it
1: yeah and I think Mueller also said in his report that there was just a lot of delays and it was a lot of pushback and it was just like all right you know yeah. what <laughs> fuck you definitely we don't need a lot you. of pushback yeah and he also maybe didn't want to risk poking the bear too hard and getting himself fired
5: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so could have been a lot of different that's things. true
5: that's a good point yeah. Can you imagine what Trump's team was like when he really <laughs> he relented on getting an interview? They're
1: like, really? <laughs> OK, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, don't <Sure>. what. <laughs> and then finally, I wanted to touch on Appendix D. Actually, this isn't finally. There's a few more points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems to indicate more indictments are coming. It says, quote, during the investigation, the office periodically identified evidence of potential criminal activity that was outside the scope of the special counsel's jurisdiction established by the acting attorney general. So after consultation with the Office of the Deputy Attorney General, the office referred that evidence to appropriate law enforcement authorities, principally other components of the Department of Justice and the FBI. Those referrals listed alphabetically by subjects are summarized below. So that's what the thing says. Mm -hmm. And then he lists out 14 cases referred out, two of which we know about, Greg Craig and Michael Cohen, then 12 more that are redacted because they're still open and ongoing. And those... Are where the fantasy indictment league points are going to come from? Yes, mm-hmm. that's the fantasy indictment league points farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no further
5: or, indictments. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally exonerated. Thank no you. No indictment. <laughs> uh, they they wouldn't have been referred out if there wasn't, I don't think, sufficient sufficient evidence to successfully prosecute. Knowing Mueller's super high standards, just. Mm-hmm pleasure for wasting anyone's time. So I'm wondering if that's where the counterintelligence stuff is, because Natasha Bertrand, now writing for Politico, says this week in a piece, reminding us that uh, counterintelligence matters are usually referred back to the FBI. And Congress wants to know how many of the redacted referred investigations involve Trump, like maybe his finances or counterintelligence. Uh, And if any of those offenses are impeachable offenses, Mm -hmm. which is why Nadler has subpoenaed the full Mueller report and all the underlying evidence, even though the DOJ is saying that's premature and stupid. (laughs) Uh, And don't forget, Trump's taxes are likely part of that underlying evidence. Yes. But by far my favorite part of the report so far could be could change tomorrow is uh, what Trump said when he was told Rosenstein had appointed a special counsel. He said, oh, my God, this is the end of my presidency. I'm. (laughs) Incidentally, if you want that ringtone, just search for it by name. It's called Manafort is dot, dot, dot. Proceeds go to the voices of our city choir, a choir for homeless people in San Diego. They recorded that for us. So thanks to them. A couple more points of interest uh, include a bit about Sarah Fuckface Sanders, Fuckabee, who lied to the American people when she said that she talked to countless folks at the FBI who had lost confidence in Comey. It says, quote, Sanders acknowledged to investigators that her comments were not founded on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. To say that. So that's it. So yeah. now there's increased calls from the public and some White House staffers for her to resign. So she's out on a publicity tour basically lying about her lie. Um, I think tender. she owes the press an apology. She should crawl back into whatever hole when she came. <laughs> she's been gaslighting us for two years and now we have a report that verifies what we've been saying all along. It's extremely vindicating to have proof that we weren't crazy. Uh, and, the you know, the crazy liberals we've been made out to be, the angry Democrats. Right. With pitchforks Aluminum firing. tin. Aluminum <laughs> tin. T- oh. foil hat. Yeah. Um, and finally, people are pissed at Senator Burr, the Republican chair of the Intel Committee. The Mueller report says that he provided the White House with uh, information on the FBI-Russia investigation after a private briefing by the FBI to the Gang of Eight by James Comey, and that Burr did this within a week of briefing. Uh, According to notes by Annie Donaldson, Burr told the White House about the existence of four to five targets, including Flynn, Manafort, Page, and Papadopoulos. Mm. Personally, I think he needs to recuse himself from chairing the Senate Intelligence Committee now, and we should call our senators to push for that. Oh, Yes. yes. So where do we go from here? As Jaleesa and Mueller have pointed out, (laughs) we can't can't indict Trump for obstruction until he's out of office. And the statute of limitations for obstruction of justice is five years, meaning if Trump gets reelected, he avoids facing justice. So we would either need to impeach him, though we run the risk of Pence pardoning him if we impeach him, or we vote them out in 2020. And as you all know, I've been holding off on an impeachment call until the Mueller report came out because of the potential implications of uh, failed removal after impeachment leading to maybe his re-election. Well, I've seen the report and I'm on the fence now. I think it's at the very least, the House Judiciary should open an impeachment inquiry to determine if they'll move forward with impeachment. And this would establish the judicial proceeding needed to meet the prerequisite for getting the grand jury material to the House Judiciary under Rule 6E. Mm-hmm. So we'd be able to get that. But the fact remains the president committed a crime seven times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, felonies. These are felonies, which isn't even a requirement for impeachment. Uh, Trump has already committed several impeachable offenses. Like, Overachiever. <laughs> like abuse of power when he dangled pardons or when he pressured the postmaster general to double Amazon shipping expenses as retribution for The Washington Post and uh, the way The Washington Post was reporting on him. And in case you missed it, Romney is totally grossed out by what I read. Uh, by what Sorry, what he read in the Mueller report. And he said on Twitter, I'm sickened. At the extent and pervasiveness of dishonesty and misdirection by individuals in the highest office of the land, including the president. I, he is in the highest office.
0: Yeah. Now. he like Also in me. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'm also appalled that, among other things, fellow citizens working in a cam- on a campaign for president welcomed help from Russia, including information that had been illegally obtained, that none of them acted to inform American law enforcement and that the campaign chairman was actively promoting Russian interests in Ukraine. Cool story, bro. Can you get 20 of your Republican buddies in the Senate seriously on board with removing him? Because that's the only way to get him out of office. Yeah. And it wouldn't be about Dems or Republicans or even Trump. It would be about Congress doing its constitutional duty to hold the president accountable to ensure it w- won't happen again. Mm-hmm. We set a bad precedent if we let him get away with this, let him continue to think he's above the law and act as, he, as though he is. Yeah. I, I mean, heard Rami's prophecy.
0: Yeah. I was going to say we've heard him talk before. Like, I really would love to see him do something this time. Be yeah. Great. yeah,
1: He's but a white foal right now, though. <laughs> And the other way to get Trump out of office is to vote him out. Because what's clear is that Russia attacked us, and not only did Trump not defend us, he's basically joining—he joined the other side—and continues to leave us and our democracy vulnerable uh, in favor of his own yeah. financial gain. Trump's mm-hmm. the kind of
0: guy, like if if his girlfriend was getting beat up, he'd like join in and start beating his girlfriend up. <laughs> like
1: he's just the worst. Mom boot party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Remember, friends, we will be doing a deep dive into the report in short order. Patrons, you'll get those early and ad free, but we're definitely releasing this to the public because of the importance of getting the information out there in a digestible manner. I wish we had those summaries that were written for us, all part of Barr's disinformation campaign about this report. He should be impeached. He should be charged with obstruction of justice. And I hope House Dems make a criminal referral on him for his active, willful participation in obscuring the findings of the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Tired of this shit, bro. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the impeachment question?
0: Well, like, if it if it's worth it, like, I'm for it. Um, The risks seem to be there, but uh, I don't think we have a choice morally. Yeah, with the right. Mueller report, I feel like our backs are against the wall, just like Warren. I think, like, she's smart. She knows it's going to be a battle, but she knows her base is, is what they want to see something done now. So mm-hmm. I'm with it. Yeah.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. I also wanted to, really quick, if I can, just point out how annoying it is that in Russia, or in Russia, in <laughs> Barr's, I just read Russia, in Barr's four-page memo, when he, or when he first starts talking about, I'm sorry, the report, is all fucked up. <laughs> it's all good. It's <laughs> all real life. He, when he first starts talking about uh, the Mueller report in the press conference, he says, He comes right out saying that it's such a great report because it unveils everything that Russia did Mm -hmm. to undermine our elections. And he wants to focus on that and how that's primarily what the report is about. Right. But then before Trump wouldn't even admit that they did meddle in our elections. And that was a huge talking point for them at that point. So now they're hiding behind something that they used to say didn't even happen. And they believe Putin on it and are trying to use that as a shield. It's like the most low life shit.
1: Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's called moving the goalposts, and they do it every day. And that's Mm -hmm. a really good point that you bring up. All right, guys, we will be right back with Sabotage, Fantasy Indictment League, and some clips from our live show in Hollywood as we talk details on The Mueller Report with Elizabeth McLaughlin from Resistance Live and Jack Bryan, co-writer, producer, and director of the Active Measures documentary, now available on Hulu. We'll be right back. Don't you just love warm alcohol? Well, neither did Dylan, the founder of BrewMate. And that's why he made it BrewMate's mission to shake up the beverage industry for the better. BrewMate has created an amazing line of insulated drinkware that not only looks good, but keeps your beverage ice cold all day long. And whether you're a beer person, or if you prefer wine like me, maybe you like spirits, whatever the drink, BrewMate makes sure it's the perfect temperature to the last sip. For me, I hated opening a bottle of wine and trying to keep it fresh. And, you know, at the proper temperature, long enough for me to enjoy a second glass. So I got the Brumate wine Insulator with two uncorked extra-large wine glasses because, let's be honest, when you're reading about everything this administration has done, you're going to want an extra-large insulated glass of wine. These sets come in a ton of colors and patterns. And because we love camping, I personally take these camping. I got the wood grain, and that makes them look like they're made of walnut, which is really cool. They're very beautiful, and I can pour my entire bottle of wine into the wine solator, and it keeps my rosé cold for up to 24 hours without having to refrigerate it. I also drink reds, and the wine solator keeps the summer heat away from your red wine, which is great. And the wine glasses are awesome because they have a sippy lid to prevent spilling, which is perfect for me, because when we went camping like a week and a half ago, there's never a nice flat spot to set your wine down by the fire, so I get my brewmate uncorked glass full of rosé, I set it down on an uneven log, and it fell over, but thanks to the spill-proof lid, not a drop was wasted. And since they're not made of glass, you can bring them to any glass-free zone, like poolside, so I travel with these things so that I can pour my wine into the wines later, take the spill-proof glasses with me to the hot tub and my rosé stays cold until it's gone. So between the wine line of drinkware and the brewmate beer drinkware, Oh, and also the amazing variety of flasks for spirits. BrewMate makes the perfect gift for Mother's Day and then, of course, dads and grads. So I'm getting my mom a wine salator with the Infinity Cup Top. You just pour your bottle in using the funnel that they give you and attach the cup to the top so you have an endless glass of wine. It's amazing. She's going to love it for poolside lounging. Do not settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day with BrewMate. Visit brewmate.com and enter code AG to get 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to B-R-U-M-A-T-E.com and enter code AG. You'll be glad you did. All right, you guys ready for sabotage? Yes. All right, so let's see. Uh, the P tapes could be real.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes, according to the Mueller report, uh, Cohen. Uh, It seems like – let's see here. There's a guy named Ritzkoladze. He told Mueller that the tapes referred to uh, compromising tapes of Trump rumored to be held by persons associated with Russian real estate conglomerate Crocus Group, which had helped uh, host the 2013 Miss Universe pageant. Uh, And according to the report, the pageant was owned by Trump for years, by the way. Cohen told the special counsel that he spoke to Trump about the issue after receiving Ritzkoladze's text about these tapes being a thing and so cohen knew about it and so cohen probably told trump about the p tapes so when comey sat down in that real uncomfortable p tape discussion
0: their first meeting yeah. yeah
1: their first meeting trump already knew yeah. the p tapes could be out there that's why he immediately had rebuttals ready to go yeah so uh again, we still don't know if this is real. A lot of the reporting also says that it could this, you know, the, that they don't exist. They could be totally fake. But uh I th- with that Lanny Davis tweet about Cohen having been able to fill in the blanks, I'm wondering if it's not the peepee tapes. I
0: mm. can't wait to find
1: out. And why are you holding them back so long, bro? Mhm. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's a neat sabotage. Woohoo. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? So,
5: f- such strange things we hold out hope for now. I know.
1: <laughs> what have we become? <laughs> All right, guys, ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to be indicted. No, it is going to be okay. Indicted. Honey, dick. Indicted. Honey. I'm going to be indicted. Hold
5: oh, it. They can't.
1: It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted. All right, guys, uh, who picks first this time? Jordan, I think you're first. Ooh. And uh, who's going to be able to take some notes? I can
5: take, oh, you
0: Whoever's quicker, sure. um, I'm gonna pull it up and we'll just see who wins. Okay, unless you're ready, my phone's kind of slow.
5: Sure, I got it. I can do it. (laughs) Cool. Okay, who's your first pick? My first pick is Assange. You stole mine.
1: Yeah, they're going to question him and he might lie and they might definitely add charges if they don't try to charge him for something associated with conspiracy or espionage. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's good. Um, I'm going to go with Don McGann. Okay. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, because I feel like there's going to be stuff that that pops up with the report now. Like they're going to probably want to interview him or get something done. I don't know. It might not be an indictment, but like a plea deal, that still counts, right?
1: You could do a McGann plea deal being released. Yeah, yeah. Could make Mm -hmm.
0: it. Yeah, plea deal, please. All
1: right. Uh, I'm going to go with AMI. Okay. Round two.
5: Yes, I'm doing uh, Trump inaugural. Nice. I'm holding out for that so
0: bad. <laughs> holding out for a hero. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, gonna do Weiselberg.
1: Okay. All right. I'm gonna do uh, Pecker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've selected Pecker. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. I'm doing WikiLeaks. Cool.
0: Nice. Committed. Yes. Very um, <laughs> committed. <laughs> I'll do
5: Sherry Dillon,
0: uh, director of Caman, or former director.
1: No, that's Brittany Kaiser.
0: Brittany Kaiser. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's who I meant. Sherry Dillon. Oh, I just get. Okay, so. Sherry uh, Dillon's a Trump lawyer. Yeah. Weren't you guys going to pick either of them?
1: Oh, no. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll go with Sherry Dillon. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll come back around.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm going to do Corsi. Hmm. Plea deal? Nope. Hmm. He said no to a plea deal. He can go fuck himself.
5: Yeah, but then remember he was being kind of like weirdly cooperative for a second, sort of, and
1: then like he keeps being wishy washy. I think they'll just charge him. I think it's been handed off, and, and they'll just charge him Yeah. In, in D.C., U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. Zelensky's there now, one of Mueller's team. Mm-hmm. He came from Maryland, and then after the he left the Mueller team, he went into work for uh, Jesse Liu in the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office.
5: <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'm, round four. Yeah, I'm going to do credit code plea deal only because I have no idea what the real story is there.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> curious. Uh, Now I'll do Brittany Kaiser.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll do Dylan Howard. All right. And final round.
5: Final round, I'm going to say Donald Trump Jr.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to have some fun. Julian Assange's cat. <laughs> For what crime? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> oh, the crime of being adorable, probably.
1: <laughs> being adorable. I like it. I'm going to go with Felix Sater as my last one. Nice. All right, guys, that is the Fantasy Indictment League. That's how we do it. If you want to join the Fantasy Indictment League, you got to be a patron. You go to our closed Facebook group called Friends of Justice, and you can post your picks um, Sunday night after the show drops. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a – no, we're not going to take a break. You know what? We're just going to go right into some of the clips that we we came up with uh, from the Hollywood show at Largo. We had such a good time. Thank you guys for coming out to that. It was truly, truly amazing. And Jack Bryan – co-writer, producer, director of Active Measures, a documentary. He was there. And Elizabeth Cronice-McLaughlin, host of Resistance Live. She was there as well. So I hope you guys enjoy these clips, and we'll be right back. I think it's going to be a really great show. I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, We've got uh, Jack Bryan here, director of Active Measures. Yes! (laughs) Greg Proops sends his apologies for not being able to be here. He has eye surgery. You gotta see. See the truth. You gotta gotta be able (laughs) able to see what that hat says. You do. (laughs) For safety. Yes. Uh, but right now I want to bring out our third panelist, you guys. She's the host of Resistance Live, an amazing yeah. lady, Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin. <laughs> <Woo! laughs> we Seriously can't express how wonderful it is to be part of this. But, uh, Elizabeth, I wanted to ask you a little bit about today. Kind of your top line reactions uh, from the drop, big drop, big.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, um, okay, so a couple of things that I feel like you, we just have to say relentlessly. The thing that is so key about the, everything that we saw today, both volumes of the report, is that it exonerates no one. And all that propaganda that's been floating around, everything that Bill Barr said this morning at 9.30 is just a load of bullshit, you know, frankly. It's just not true. I mean, like, literally not
1: true. Yeah, you've always been on the impeachment.
2: Yeah, I've always been on the impeachment train. But, you know, also was on the indictment train, to be fair about it. I mean, I, I, I have said, you know, and now I have to walk this back, but there were a couple of times I said last year that I thought that there was a possibility that Mueller would go beyond the policy of the DOJ and actually maybe take a gambit at indicting the president. Very plainly, he did not do that, but what I will say, because I read the whole report, those of you who saw my broadcast this morning know that I was up at 5 a.m., and when it <laughs> dropped, my printer was burning paper. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I read the whole thing, and you know, particularly the obstruction section, volume two of that report, it is a roadmap that mm-hmm. was written start to finish for the purposes of impeachment proceedings. It lays yes. it all out. Applause um, yeah. And the thing, I, the thing I like about it the most, yeah, the thing I like about it the most that's, you know, like, to me, the most significant aspect of that part of the report is that he actually really went to town on all the legal justifications for why the president shouldn't be indicted, and there's a, or sorry, shouldn't be investigated, and there's a whole section um, that basically just states, here's all the reasons why Congress engaging in an investigation and impeachment proceedings isn't going to interfere with his Article II authority. And it's right there. Like, Mueller basically was like, I'm going to cut off at the knees all of the justifications for Trump's lawyers for why this shouldn't happen. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's a gorgeous piece of work, honestly, from a lawyer's (laughs) standpoint. Yeah.
1: I wanted to bring you out here uh, because I wanted to talk a little bit about the active measures aspect of this because I have to know what the fuck is going on with Barr. Why would he do this? And I'm wondering, did he maybe visit Russia recently, go to the Ritz Carlton? well i, I or it, does emmerdata have some which is bar, by the way the the assholes formerly known as cambridge analytica did they have did they send a prostitute his way and get taped like what is he doing this it's it's blowing my mind is he compromised or something well
4: i i think for me to understand the bar thing i think what's important is to go back to 1992 Barr is the attorney general and hw is dealing with the iran contra scandal and bars and he's thinking about pardoning some of the people involved. And Barr recommends that he pardons everybody involved and do it the day before Christmas, 1992. And so we cut to now, day before uh, Easter weekend and uh, Passover, and he is releasing this. So I, I think that Barr is just a hack and has been since the 90s. And oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's a cleanup guy. I think that his intention and his reason for being brought in was pretty obvious: was to clean this thing up. He had done it once before, and I think that it's not going to be as successful this time.
0: I mean, mm-hmm.
1: Well, and that's because I think that the time between what he did in, in '89 with that office legal counsel memo that he bullshitted his way through that's to be able to kidnap Manuel Noriega, um, and he he had a nice. I'll just give you a summary. I'll summarize the top conclusion, but like he just exactly what he did this time. Uh, but the time between that and the time the memo came out was three years. He was gone. He was out of the job. That's finally when they subpoenaed the shit and we everybody got to see it. This, I think, though, because of who we were talking about a little bit earlier yeah. with uh, Judge Walton, yeah. uh, I don't think it's going to be three years before we see the entire report. And so that's a huge risk to come out, even just from last week to this week, to between what he said this morning and what happened ten minutes later. Like, it's just so disparate. Do you know what I mean?
2: Well, and you and I were talking earlier about the fact that actually the redactions in the report are much slimmer than what we expected they were going to be. I honestly thought it was going to be just like zebra city today. (laughs) Um, and it, and it's not, I mean, that's, what's really crazy about it is there's something about what judge Walton said that probably had a chilling effect Mm on Barr's willingness to kind of redact more, because there's a lot more he could have taken out of there. This whole thing of, like, I'm going to redact embarrassing material was what everyone was really worried about, and there's almost no redactions in there for that.
0: Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, 12.6% of the report is redacted. We thought it would be 35, 40, 50, Mm -hmm. and it might have been until that uh, Walton uh, hearing happened. It it might have unredacted.
4: Yeah, and th- that's kind of kind of what it feels like—a dump to me. Where it just feels like he was—he went out there. I mean, pretty clearly went out there early on as a means of sort of pooing it. Uh, the four-page letter was the same thing, and then to just pile it all out uh, as a way of at a time when people are not going to be watching the news as a way of just overloading it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I can see that. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I just have to wonder. Like, I can't—I fi- can't figure out why he would risk that. I mean, I know he did before.
4: Well, but he, he, what's he risking? I mean, he, he doesn't live in a place, he doesn't live in LA. You know, he, there's a, a huge portion of the country that is going to appreciate what he did and look after him for it.
1: How many Trump towers in Moscow were there? Uh,
4: well, uh, there was... I mean, there's never, there's uh, none. never one made. Uh, okay. The most recent one would have been the largest uh, skyscraper in Europe. Mm. Uh, that was the deal that was being discussed during the campaign. Uh, but since the 90s, they've been discussing this, And I think that there was uh, references in the 80s, but seriously since the 90s, uh, certainly with, with Lorber, actually. Uh, and, yeah, that's been a conversation they've been having for a long time.
1: And this is one of their things that Russians do. They dangle what they want in front of you until they get what they want, and then they, go, they tell I'd say I get my documents, I tell you, go fuck yourself.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. And also, it's part of a compromising process, that if I can get you to do something illegal on the along the way of you getting something that you want then i have you then you're compromised already totally yeah yeah I, I was just in belgium we were talking to a couple members of the european parliament there uh they hosted a screening of the movie and we i sort of asked them, I was like what's what's the trigger point like what's the point where you guys realize like uh, oh no like you know uh, the sort of fascism for lack of a better word is on the rise in the world in a really bad way and they were like it was when donald trump got elected
2: well, and this is the danger of if, God forbid, Pelosi doesn't take this ball and run with it, he's going to be above the law. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he Absolutely. thinks he's above the law already. We've That's seen fair. it in the last couple of weeks alone in ways that we haven't before. And when he thinks he, there's no accountability and the law doesn't apply to him, he's going to do whatever he wants to. Yeah. He
5: feels but, invincible. Yeah.
4: But this is one of the times where living in a uh, liberal district is actually a benefit <laughs> because y'all can call up your congressperson. And, and, and listen, I've talked to a bunch of members of Congress on this. One of the reasons that they don't push it as hard as I would like them to is that they don't think that they have constituent support. Mm. That they don't think people care. And so if people in this room, people listening to this, if you have a congressperson who might be interested in this, uh, call them and tell them that you care about this because they actually will listen. Definitely.
2: You know, there was, like, discussion about this on Twitter all day today with, like, you know, the 18-year-old kid in the criminal justice system who is being accused of obstruction and whether or not a person of color who's, like, you know trying to get his friend not to talk about the deal they did or whatever the allegations are, that person is going to go away for like 35 years. Oh yeah. They're right? fucked. Yeah. They're
1: fucked. And so, so that so kid has mens rea. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you, you know, I mean, the, I, again, the... I
2: think we have to look at everything that's happening, you know, through the lens of privilege here. And there's been a lot of discussions about this just in terms of the sentencing and if somebody used to do white collar litigation, This kind of stuff drives me crazy. Like, when we talk about criminal justice reform and what needs to come next, like, this has to be a part of it. We can't have people, you know, skating on, you know, how much did Papadopoulos do? Like, six days in prison or something (laughs) like that? (laughs) When he's, like, the guy who got drunk in the bar in London and told Australian intelligence that they had dirt on Hillary Clinton before any of it was public. That's what he gets, Mm -hmm. you know, and his cooperation is not highly extensive. Did we talk about this thing about the ducks this week? With oh. the head of the CIA. What the duck? So, <laughs> you know the, the murder that took place in London? Do you guys... This whole thing with the poisoning oh, okay. and the... So, it turns yeah. out that the head of the CIA has got... And there was a big article about it. Has figured out how to play the president. And the way that she played the president to get him to impose some form of sanctions as a result of this was that she showed him pictures of the dead ducks that had also been poisoned at the same time...
0: Oh, wow. Yes,
2: that the Russians had poisoned their spy and this is the whole reason why it's incredibly important when all of us talk about this that we don't fall into even the remote suggestion that the whole first section of the report in any way exonerates the president Mm -hmm. because it
1: doesn't you guys are awesome thank you to jack Bryan, even though you have two first names elizabeth cronize mclaughlin from resistance live all right, guys, that's our show. Thanks to everyone who came out to the Largo again. Such an amazing event. Incredible night. So fun meeting our patrons at the super secret meetup after the show. <laughs> uh, thank you for traveling from Indiana, Chicago, Seattle, Phoenix, Portland. Just so amazing to meet all of you. I will never forget it as long as I live. And thank you all for voting uh, for us, for the Webby. They'll announce those Tuesday. Fingers crossed. Any final thoughts, guys?
0: Yeah, just to piggyback on the never forgetting this week. Like, it's crazy to know where we were when the report dropped. It was like... in that environment it was an amazing show yeah so just thank you guys
5: yeah it was incredible and thank you for trusting yourselves and sticking with us and listening and being strong and knowing that
1: you're not crazy and not letting the gaslighting get to you yep good point don't let them light you up take care of each other love one another do some meditation Uh, (laughs) take some have some self care days have a nice glass of rosé you guys have earned it Uh, we'll be Coming back week after week as long as you're here and you need us. Um, so, thank you so much for all of your support. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller, She Wrote.
3: So, Renato, do you still have your own podcast?
4: Yeah, it's complicated.
3: What's so complicated about a podcast?
4: That's the name of the podcast, remember?
3: Oh. Will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news?
4: You bet. But we'll have a new name because we're going to be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news.
3: Working together?
4: Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember?
3: Oh, right. Wait, does that mean our podcast is going to have a Steam Mop segment? Let's not
4: get carried away but we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts, as well as YouTube.
1: Mueller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com.
3: And, and this, this is, is how we win.
1: M.S.W. Media. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji wode Al, And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the
0: news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the
1: rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe because when BS is popping, we pop off.